Hi guys, um, had a really cute interview ready for you guys tonight with my daughter who had some experiences in one of our old houses that we lived in and if you guys heard this interview you would absolutely crack up laughing. The whole entire time I was trying to interview her and my granddaughter was in the, <laughs> she was in the phone just chattering away and talking and just, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. So I could not use that interview tonight. So I, I did have one for you, but apparently that's not going to work tonight. I'm going to have to wait till she comes home this weekend and um, get some, some stuff, some of her stories out of her. So I'll start out tonight. I had a story that a man who, actually this is the one I told you was the writer. Um, he writes for uh, horror stories and he does some writing for a local newspaper and he messaged me, and it's taken a few weeks because Don was, um, he just, he was so funny. He just kept asking me to hold off. He wanted to perfect the story or, you know, make sure um, one of his friend that was in the story wanted to make sure it was clear with him. And I told him to stop torturing me with the story and let me use it. So he finally did. And, and it was all just in light joking. It was pretty cute. So um, he titled the story, and this is a true story. It's uh, Rest. In a Room of Darkness by Don Everett Smith Jr. And this was something that really happened to him. This is not a story that he wrote. This is actually a true story. Um, he writes, it was a Saturday night and I was an 18-year-old far from home and spending the night at a friend's house when I was awakened by something. And he has, a, has the word something, you know, kind of emphasized there. Shaking my arms and my legs. But what was really scary was the feeling of pure hatred that filled the room that was solely directed at me. This was followed by a weight on my, I'm sorry, this was followed by a weight on me and a voice that screamed in my mind, I hate you, hate you, die, 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 die. I looked over to my friend Ken, who was asleep on his bed for help. He didn't stir and I realized this is not good. What am I going to do now? Let me give some context to this story. I am in my late 40s and I grew up in a religious Christian home mm -hmm. where I attended church every Sunday as well as attended private religious schools and went on to a liberal arts college <clears throat> with a strict focus on faith. I was raised outside New York City, though, several times a year I visited family in North Carolina. When I was about 12 years old, I met Ken on one of these trips. I would spend the night at his house at least once during my visit south. We'd tell dirty jokes, watch horror movies, read comic books, and talk about girls, basic stuff like that. After I finished my first semester at a Christian college in the Midwest, I came to North Carolina to visit my relatives and to hang with Ken. Before I go too far, I like to say I take my faith very seriously. However, I never considered myself a Joe Christian type. You know, the guy in the white button-up shirt waiting to sing What a Friend We Have in Jesus at the drop of a hat. Those types make me uncomfortable to this day. While I had been at college, Ken's life began to change. He, his mother, and brother moved in with his grandfather along with a handful of other friends. Everyone in the house was sleeping with someone else. 
Even Ken was regularly hooking up with friends of his mother and people his own age. Ken's mother was regularly dating and spending the night with a married man. A friend of hers was dating Ken's married cousin, and Ken would hook up with this same woman too. Yes, everyone was over 18, and they had the right to do what they wanted, but the, the situation in the home looked like a daytime talk show before the chair slinging and fist fights began. So when I visited Ken at Christmas time, I was surprised to see the craziness in his house. What was once a moderately clean house was wrecked. Stacks of newspapers and magazines filled the rooms. Plates with old food was strewn about. I'm sorry. Plates with old food were strewn about, while clothes, books, and toys looked as if they were dropped there in a hurricane. It was a hoarder's home. I was able to ignore this because I was excited to hang out with Ken and leave my bubble of the Christian college behind me. I missed talking about comic books, horror movies, and girls the way normal people did. Sure enough, that night we did all that, and as the evening turned into midnight, we began to doze off. He slept in his own bed, and I slept on a mattress on the floor. It was just after 3 a.m. when I was awakened by the terrible weight on my chest. While my arms and legs shook violently, I knew this was not a spasm. It felt like an outside force was held by, was held, I'm sorry, it was, it felt like an outside force was holding my wrist and ankles. Hate hung in the air like humidity and the walls, which were painted a light blue, were black like tar. I swear, angry yellow eyes were focused on me and they all echoed the help, the hopeless, angry voice. Die, 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 die. I looked up to Ken's bed and called out to him, but my voice rasped. It was like all the moisture in my throat was gone. It was like a claw reaching into my throat and prevented me from speaking. I said, Ken, but it came out as a choked rasp. This is not good, I thought. What am I going to do now? Then it clarified in my hazy, sleepy condition in one word, demons. I calmed myself and thought, in the name of Jesus, get off of me. Immediately, the moisture in my throat returned. I could still feel the weight on my chest and my arms and legs shaking. Immediately, I said aloud, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, get off of me. Instantly, the weight lifted from chest and my arms and legs stilled and the air, the air of the hatred was gone. In my mind's eye, two beings built like old-fashioned World Wrestling Federation athletes stood over me. Each held swords in their hands ready to attack. One of them said to the eyes in the shadows of the wall, Bring it on, he's with us. Peace came over me and I fell asleep. The next morning I told Ken about my experience. While he was surprised, we didn't say much more about it that day, and weirdly, it was forgotten in the following months. About a year later, I went back to North Carolina for the Christmas break of my second year of college. Ken's home, Ken's home life changed once again. The less-than-moral people moved out. His mother married someone Anthony's age, and they ran off to Florida and took thousands of dollars from her father. Because of this, Ken stayed with his grandfather to help care for him. While we were catching up, he asked if he could show me something. Sure, I said. When my mom ran off to Florida with that younger guy, 
She left a lot of stuff behind, Ken said. We went through her closet and found this. He showed me an astrology map and a deck of tarot cards. I have no idea what my mom was into, and this is scary. He pulled out the tarot deck and said these were the first two cards we found in the deck. One was the death card and the other was the devil card. I believed the story you told me the last time you stayed here, he said. Whatever it was that attacked you, I believe it was brought in by my mom messing with things she didn't understand. He added, whatever it was in, it was in here was so evil that it viewed you, a lower-rung Christian, to use your words, as a threat. <clears throat> in the years to follow, Ken and I lost touch, and we wouldn't talk to almost a decade and a half later, thanks to the usual social media connections. Ken found me married and working as a freelance writer in central Pennsylvania. Ken reconciled with his mother and lives in Florida with her and his daughter. We talk regularly on the phone, and every so often we talk about that night with those unearthly visit visitants that made their presence known. For me personally, that night will come back to me when the challenges of life get hard. Yes, very dark forces exist. However, bigger forces than those exist. And it's thanks to those bigger forces that even in a dark room of hatred, I can find rest. So that is Dawn's story. And I waited quite a while for that. I loved the story. I thought it was great. I have, um, it reminds me a bit of my daughter, the one that I was talking to tonight. One of the stories that I wanted to talk about was an entity that she had. Um, I told you guys this about the one that was in her closet that had an evil laugh. And it said to get him out. And this was when my mate had come back to the house. We had separated and he moved back to the house. And Tress heard this evil laugh in her closet when she walked upstairs one day. And she was actually with her sister and they both heard it. And it, it had this evil laugh and it said in a really deep sinister voice, get him out. And not long after, Tress was sleeping in her bed and... She woke up, something woke her up. It was voices she was hearing. And the voices woke her up and she she opened her eyes. And this dark, it was like all black. It almost looked like a total shadow of an entity was literally, she, she slept in bunk beds. So she was on the bottom bunk and this entity had gone into underneath the, you know, where the bunk is and was hovering over her body on top of her body. And like I said, she had, the vo it had had some kind of voices that was going on. Like there was more than one and it was just hovering over her. And this scared her so badly. She came running downstairs to me and told me. And then of course I went up to her room and I was angry and I started, you know, um, rebuking it in the name of Jesus. And actually that was the night I started putting open Bibles around the house and we would play like Christian music and stuff like that, which I still do to this day. And, um, she came downstairs and from that night on, she never slept in her room. We never, I never made her. I didn't want her to. And in fact, I would sleep. She slept. We had this really big, um, sectional couch. It was really comfortable and it had like the day bed and the recliner on one end, the day bed on the other. And then it just was just comfortable. And then it had a, 
a pull-out bed in the center so we would sleep I would sleep with her I was really protective with my kids and I always forfeited sleeping with my mate to sleep with the kids I just always wanted to be with the kids I don't know what it was and he would get so upset but I just couldn't help it I just had such a protective instinct to want to sleep with my children and make sure that you know there was nothing that would ever happen to them because I mean I I had met a girl one time that had two sons that died in a fire it was in the fire happened started in their room or in the hallway I believe in the hallway their room she was between the fire and their room she could never get to them and they died and I was always afraid of kidnapping and you know stuff like that and then you hear these stories and what I'm going to tell you next um and you wonder you know I I don't I don't really get down on myself for sleeping with my kids you know because it just it it's just too upsetting there was a story that um bear with me I have to get a drink here uh David Polites had talked this week about a couple of stories and one of them was a story about a couple that were very religious. I'm not going to get into all the details because I don't want to take away from David's channel. I'm just trying to bring awareness to you guys. And I want you to go to his channel if you can or if you would. Because I don't want to take away from anything, any of his work or anything he does. But if there's anybody that doesn't engage in his channel, that's why I like to kind of tell some of the touch on some of the stories. I don't like to get into great detail because like I said, I don't want to take away from his channel. So if you're interested in the whole stories, you know, please get over to his channel because he does incredible investigative work. He's an amazing, amazing man. Um, but he told a story this week about this couple that were very, very religious people. They were very Christian very dedicated to God. And this man was, uh, he was a Sunday school teacher. He was also a Mason. He was the head of the Masons. And I wrote David and I said, you do know that the Masons were a satanic group. And a lot of Masons don't even know that. But if you get higher up into the Masons, into their very high levels, my grandfather was a 33rd degree Mason and his father was also, and they were in, they were politicians. And if you get into this, um, you start to realize that they plead, they pledge their loyalty to Lucifer. Um, there's actually a statue or a painting of Lucifer's true face, supposedly is in the main head of the Masonic Lodge that like the main one, the headquarters in their basement is an actual painting of Lucifer's face. And a lot of these people that get into these organizations don't really understand what they're getting into. They don't know, and they, they might find offense to some of this, but they really need to do some more investigation into what they're getting into because they're being duped if they don't believe that they're getting into a satanic realm. Um, so this man was a Mason, but he was a Christian because he probably, I'm not sure if he knew or he was just, you know, playing it off like he was a Christian or whatever. But he taught Sunday school and everything, and he went, he, um, they had a, a, a ritual they did every morning where they would get up every morning together, him and his wife, and they would have breakfast, and they would listen to their uh, a program about the Lord. And, you know, he was very, you know, just, you know, really militant about his, you know, regimen every day. She woke, his wife woke up one morning, the morning that he was, he had disappeared, and there was a huge thunderstorm that came through 
And this is odd because a lot of times with these disappearances that are happening around the world, when the person disappears, all of a sudden bad weather strikes, a, a huge storm hits. And what's what it, it's believed that it's to cover up the tracks. It's to cover up any evidence or any way that people can locate, you know, what happened here. These beings are not, they're not humans. They have higher powers. They have higher abilities and they could easily control the weather. I mean, our own government is said to be able to control the weather. So I'm sure that they definitely have abilities to do this stuff. She said that everything that he would need to be outside was still inside his wallet, his phone, his belt, his shoes, everything he would need, his coat, anything that he would need to wear to be outside was inside the house. The door was open. Searchers were dispatched. Dozens of searchers, you know, um, National Guard, forest rangers, everything you could imagine. He was never found. About a week later, she was sitting in her house and she heard this godly scream come from up in the mountain. It just sounded horrific. It sounded like somebody was in agonizing pain and then it just stopped and nothing was ever found. So I think that sometimes when I think about the way I slept with my children and the protectiveness I had with them, I'm glad I did. I will never regret that. I was very protective with them and I still am. I still love them dearly and I would just do anything to protect them or, you know, keep them safe as most people would. In another story, he told of a girl that was found along the side of the road who was naked with her child. She had um, like, I don't know how many month old, maybe a five month old child, a daughter that she had. This girl had pulled off the side of the road. She had broken down, hit something. And this was in a very populated area. Um, right off the road, the car, the car was found. They searched the area all over the place, found nothing. The next day, her body and the girl and the little girl's body was found just so many feet from the car, which wasn't possible. They said they'd searched there over and over and over again. It wasn't far from the car. There was no sign of them anywhere. And when they were found, they were both naked. They were stripped of their clothing. No sign of why they were killed. The coroner ruled it as hypothermia. David just laughed and said, that's what they always rule it as. They always say that. They said, that's just, there's no way it was hypothermia. He said it wasn't cold enough. They weren't out there long enough for that. <clears throat> it just, this stuff doesn't make any sense, guys. It, it just, there's something really serious going on here. And it's just, it's just absolutely nuts. There's another story I got in about a guy that was driving. He and his friend decided to go out to the forest. They wanted to hang out and they wanted to take a drive. And they decided they just, they kind of wanted to go out to the woods and, you know, just hang out, take a drive through the roads in the woods. And he said, as he was driving, he, he said, everything got so black. It was like the blackest black you could imagine. And it was almost like they were in a different realm. He said it was like a realm that they didn't, they didn't notice, like they didn't recognize anything. He said the darkness was so black that their headlights couldn't even penetrate it. Not their head, like, like not the high beams, nothing. He said it was so black. And worst part of it was 
he said that he started to feel like they were being hunted and him and his friend both were just overwhelmed with this horrific fear. They didn't know where it came from. They said they were just absolutely terrified out of the blue. They knew they needed to get the rock out of there. And they felt like something was seriously like demonic was hunting them. And he said he turned his car around so fast and he got out of there as quick as he could. So this is, um, so he said, I think he said it took, it took a half an hour or two for them to get back out of there until he really realized that they were safe. And he said he felt like this entity followed them all the way home. Now, if that were me, the one thing I don't understand is why people go home. If it were me, I would pull into like, I would drive to the police station or, you know, like a hospital or, you know, someplace like a store. I would never lead them back to my house. Although I do believe that they know your names, they know who you are, you know, they know, um, they possibly know where you live. They can read your thoughts and might just, they just identify who you are. So they might already know where you live. I have no idea, but it's just, it's some crazy stuff. Um, there's also something I wanted to talk about with the weather. I wanted to read to you guys this. This is really crazy to me. I don't know if you know of all the many, many, many birds that are dropping from the sky by the hundreds um, hundreds of dolphins washing up on the beaches, hundreds of whales washing up on the beaches, hundreds of fish, thousands of fish washing up on the beaches, octopus. I'm talking groups and groups and groups of all types of different creatures, things that are going on that are worldwide that are not making any sense to scientists. They cannot place what's happening. They don't know. And it's just, it's just the proportions of this stuff that's going on is just, it's, it's just incredible. So along that line, in the past two weeks alone, I was looking through some videos. There are <laughs> some serious occurrences going on in the world right now. I'm going to read you just from two weeks two weeks only of what's happened around the world globally that has been reported. Hundreds of houses were destroyed after a powerful 5.8 magnitude earthquake in Iran. Eruption. Give me one second here. I want to change something a moment. Okay. Australia. Tropical cyclone of the third category called a Saroja or Saroha hit the coast. That's in Australia. India, thousands of acres of forest have been burned. Indonesia, a hurricane blew off roofs after a, an earthquake hit as well. In Java, I'm sorry, so in, in Indonesia, a hurricane blew off roofs after an earthquake hit in Java. I had to be able to read my writing there for a moment. Severe storms and flooding hit Oman. In Arizona, a wildfire breaks out in Dudleyville and dozens of houses are lost. In St. Vincent, 
Ashfall due to an eruption of the, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this right, Soufrié volcano covering everything and ash traveled to Barbados. In Brazil, rushing streams of water sweep streets of city of Recife. Tornado strikes Toledo, Spain. Blizzard hits a Russian town. Blizzard in Turkey. Flash flood in Colombia. Water spout in Rwanda. Heavy hail in Lano, Texas. Saudi Arabia, there was flooding and hail and a thunderstorm. Mm. Sorry, my phone's going off. Another eruption of Soufrié Volcano in St. Vincent. The Soufrié Volcano has been, um, the last couple weeks has been really erupting and, and just doing some crazy things. Guatemala, the lava of the Pacaya Volcano occupies local fields at foot of mountain. Hurricane and flood in Indonesia. Some of these names, I, I have to pause. When I pause, it's because I'm trying to pronounce these words. Some of the names of the towns, I just skip over the names because I can't, I just don't know if I'm saying them right, so I just kind of skip to the country. Pakistan, heavy snowfall hit Kalam. Worst flood ever in El Salvador. El Salvador, El Salvador, I can't pronounce it. El Salvador. So they had the worst flood they've ever had. Heavy snowfall in Hungary. New fiery rift and largest lava eruption in Iceland. Volcano Gelding. It's called Gelding Adalur. So this thing just exploded and, and it hit Iceland. Russia flooding in Mayakinsky. The desert in Saudi Arabia has turned into a river with hail and heavy rain in Talif. Hail in Belarus. In China, 4.3 earthquake, dozens of homes damaged. Major hail, Round Rock, Texas. So they had a major hailstorm. Ukraine had hail. The tropical storm Serige is moving to the Philippines at the speed of 250 kilometers an hour. An avalanche descended near the Chamonix ski resort in France. Third powerful dust storm hit Beijing, China. Snowstorm in Russia. I don't want to, I don't pronounce, I can't pronounce the name, Vorkuta, Russia. Pelham, Alabama, USA. A tornado destroys homes and raises cars up out of the earth. Uh, hail in Mecca. Let me go back here. Give me one second. Eruption of, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's an Iceland volcano. The Taif Desert turns into an icy river after hail and rain in Saudi Arabia. In Taiwan, too powerful, 6.2, it's a 6.2 earthquake and a 5.8 magnitude earthquake shook uh, a, a city in Taiwan. Philippines at 400 kilometers. Kilometers, kilometers an hour, a super typhoon surge hit. Oh my goodness, huge hail in Argentina. They're like the size of baseballs too. The This hail that was in Argentina, when I saw this, you guys, this was not, this is not small hail we're talking about. This was just, 
I'm talking huge, enormous baseball size. In Indonesia, a strong wind hit four villages, damaging about 15 houses and several cattle. Tornadoes in Nicaragua. Nicaragua. I can't say things lately. I don't know what, getting all tongue twisted. I haven't ever done that before. In another eruption of the Soufrié volcano in St. Vincent in the Grenadines, South Africa, Cape Town, a wildfire prompted emergency evacuations. Severe flooding in Angola, Africa. Half of the city of Luanda went underwater. Half of the city's underwater. Oh my gosh. Um, a dusty whirlwind formed in the market in the city of Caracol. Snowstorms in Russia. Torrential storm in, and flooding in Saudi Arabia. Natural fires in Gulf, Mordovia, Russia. 89 buildings were burned down and damaged. Three were homes. In Australia, heavy, heavy rain continues to hit the high north of Queensland. Huge hail in the city of San Rafael, Argentina. Tornado in Indonesia city of Majlang, Central Java. In Jordan, heavy rain continues to hit the high north of Queensland. A squall in Turkey, which was more like a tornado if you saw the video. Typhoon surge, uh, surge coast of Philippines. Heavy rain causes flooding and flooding of streets in Argentina. In India, there's another major hailstorm. Indonesia cyclone, Saroja, which is the really big, it's a third category. Aftermath, destroyed buildings and landslides. Another new eruption of the La Soufrière volcano, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. An unexpected snowfall brought up to 75 centimeters of snow in northern India. Russia, a giant ice drift hit, I don't know how to pronounce that word, but it's in Russia. A tornado in Slov Slovakia, tornado in Texas and USA, severe flooding in Brazil sweeps away everything, heavy hail in Pakistan, Russia snowfall, major snowfall in Russia, and landslides after earthquake and rains in Chile. This is two weeks of reported weather problems that are going on across the world. And that's reported. And let me tell you, this is not minor stuff that's going on. This is, when I speak of hail, I'm talking baseball size hail. When I speak of snowstorms, I'm talking unexpected snowstorms at the end of April in places that they don't get snowstorms. When I'm speaking of flooding, I'm talking like a river just got let loose in your town. This is major, major, major weather issues going on. This is not small, mild, like a little bit of flooding. I'm talking, this is like, it looks like hurricanes and tsunamis and, you know, like heaven is just opening up, you know, <laughs> I don't know what you call it, like just softball size hail. So this stuff that's going on across the world. And this is weekly, guys. This is stuff that's going on every single week. It's not, you know, once every great once in a while. It's not just in the USA. I have listeners all across the world right now. You know, this isn't something that's 
just hitting, you know, where you think you are. This is everywhere. And if you imagine you're talking major catastrophes every single week that are going on across the entire world. And if you saw this from, maybe if you saw it from God's perspective, or if you could look at this as, you know, if you could get, you know, lift up above the earth and look down and see what's really going on, it's catastrophic. It's crazy. The stuff that's going on is crazy. Not only are the people losing their minds, you know, the politics has just gone crazy. You know, then you've got these, these worldwide catastrophes. I mean, this is, you know, you've got birds by the thousands dropping from the sky, animals washing up from the ocean by the hundreds, major animals like whales, you know, killer whales, sharks, dolphins. This stuff is nuts. And that's, I mean, we won't even get into the viruses. So I just wanted to bring this to your attention. Maybe do some investigation of your own and kind of look into it. Okay, I'm going to end tonight with another story I wanted to read to you. This is from a guy named Donald as well. He's a friend of mine um, on social media and I'm not going to give his last name. So I had two Dons tonight. I had, I had, um, done from the first story and now there's another we call him donald so he says i have a story for you i grew up in a house that was built in 1929 nice place in california when i was eight years old it was christmas eve and we all went to sleep i never slept with my head under the covers or facing the wall this night i was awakened and i had done both i woke up to what sounded like chains dragging and horses walking like a wagon train would sound like. So I rolled over to see what this was, and standing in the middle of the room was standing what I thought was one of my brothers with a blanket draped over them. So I called out their names, thinking they were trying to scare me, and all this time the noise is still going on. This thing looks like it's holding something in its left hand with its, and it, with its head down, then the noise slowly faded away, and at this point, I'm scared and telling my brothers to stop this. All of a sudden, this thing slowly raises its head, turned towards me, and points. It had no face, just an empty hood, black inside. I flipped over and covered my head and stayed awake all night and nothing happened. This had a tremendous impact on my life. I thought the reaper selected me and I was going to die anyways, so I might as well have fun with it. Started doing drugs at the age of 10 and running with the wrong crowd, running with the wrong crowd and never really worried about dying because I thought it's already my destiny. 12 years passed. I'd went to prison and got out. And on February 2nd, 1987, my brother was murdered. It was then that I realized he wasn't pointing at me because my brother slept in the bunk below me. I took his death very hard. We were best friends, not just brothers. I came back to my parents' house for the services, and I slept in the spare room. I woke up in the middle of the night, and a glowing figure of a person was standing over me and looking down. I slid, I slid back in my bed and started asking what it was it was hiding. I'm sorry. I slid back in my bed and started asking what it was. It was hiding behind some boxes that were there in the room.
all of a sudden it came out to the middle of the room, raised its hand like it was waving, and disappeared. The next day, my oldest brother and I were looking through an old picture album, and there was a picture of my brother standing and waving like the figure had done the night before. I was informed later that day that I was sleeping in his old bed. My mom saved it and got rid of the rest of the bunk bunk set. I believe he came to say goodbye or kick my butt out of his bunk. LOL. I miss him every day and always wonder what he would be doing. Oh, and I quit doing drugs a year later. I'm 34 years clean. That was a great story. I like that. Okay, you guys, there's your episode for the week. I will be back. I actually got one in early this time, which was good. I'm actually ahead of schedule here. It's only been since, I think it was what, I think the last one I did was Sunday or Monday. So I am working on some good stuff for next episode here. You guys have a great evening and I will be talking to you soon. Take care.